Welcome to Buddha at the Gas Pump. My guest this week is Jack O'Keefe, uh, who Jack is short for Jackie, or which is short for Jacqueline, <laughs> but she, you yep. seem to go by the name Jack mostly. Yeah. Okay, good. And I'm speaking to her from uh, the hinterlands of Ireland, where the internet connection is spotty, but we finally managed to work out an arrangement that uh, apparently will work. And uh, I just stumbled across Jack a couple of weeks ago, um, which I'm surprised I haven't heard, heard of you before, because since I found you, other people have been mentioning you and stuff like that. But I was just watching some YouTube video with some guy about who had seen Ama and Adyashanti in one weekend, and he was going on about that. And then after I watched that, uh, another video came up of you. Uh, being asked a question by this guy and so I listened to that and I thought oh she sounds interesting and then I read your biography on your website and I thought whoa this is a fascinating story I'd love to talk to this person um, so we got in touch and here we are <clears throat> so I realize you've probably um, told your story many times in many satsangs and interviews and all you're probably tired of telling it uh, but my listeners haven't heard it and most of them probably and um, so if you wouldn't mind, I'd, I'd like you to tell it again as, in as much detail as you'd like because we have plenty of time. And I may interrupt you from time to time to have you embellish on, on certain aspects of it. Um, and then, you know, once we've gone through your whole, your whole story, we'll get to what you, you probably consider to be the more juicy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, actually, whatever we talk about is a load of crap anyway, to be honest. So yeah, it's so like it one story and another. They're all stories. They're all, even if we're talking non-duality, it's still a story, no? I mean, silence right. is thing that is anyway worthwhile, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't make people listen, and they say so. It doesn't. Think, it would be very yeah. – I, I think people would tune out pretty quick. In fact, I did that yeah. last week. That I was interviewing this guy who uh, has had a spiritual awakening, but his main interest is in Reiki healing. And he actually did a little healing thing on me during the interview where we just sat silently for a while and – you know, it's Larry King wouldn't do something like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work? Yeah, sort of. I, I noticed more later on than I noticed during the actual thing. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Some energy shifted somewhere. Something, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So the story. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, Catholic rural Ireland, raised on a farm, pretty, you know, pretty rough and raw rearing, as many people have, um, and uh, convent, all-girl boarding school, and like, oh my God, can I just grow up? Can I just get out of this? <laughs> a few scenarios when I was a kid of like, one I remember actually, and I don't think I've aired it too much, because it just came to mind now. Um I remember hearing on the radio something about a mortgage. I was, I'd say I was about eight. And uh, my old, next older sister, who would have been 12 at the time, uh, I said, what's a mortgage? What are they talking about on the radio? What's a mortgage? And she just said, oh, that's, you have to get one of those to buy a house. Mm -hmm. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought, I don't want to buy a house. She goes, you have to buy a house. When you get married, you have to buy a house. And then that's where you have your children, you know? Uh-huh. This was a nightmare. I remember going, I can't do that. I, 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 I don't want to live like that. Yeah. And she said, but that's what everybody does. Yeah. I was like, I know. No, 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 no. But that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. And I actually remember that, knowing that, no, that doesn't make sense. Even though I got the mortgage and got married, I didn't do the kids' bit. I wasn't that brave. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, there was something of like, no, even at that age, there was something, which there is always with kids, but... We often forget it. 
-hmm. but I didn't forget it. You know, I knew that there's something. It's not about that. It's whatever we talk about. It's not about that. I don't know what it's about, but it's not about that. And then a feeling of in my teenage years waiting to grow up. Hmm. I just have to wait until I'm old enough to find out what this is all about. And and I remember then, actually, in university, talking to a friend of mine because she met me recently and she said, I remember. She said, I actually remember smoking a joint with you, she said, in this house where we shared together. Uh -huh. And you were saying, but what's it all about? What's it all about? I was saying, and she was saying, what are you asking a question like that for? <laughs> and I was like, but what's the point in any of it if you don't know what it's for, where it's going and why? Mm -hmm. And she just told me this a few weeks ago, you know, and I, I didn't remember those conversations that I had that language at that time at 19 or 20, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at that time, I went to study theology because I thought, well, well, if I could find out about God, then maybe the mystery side of it all could be demystified. Mm -hmm. And theology in Ireland at the time was the study of Catholicism. Right. And I didn't know. Huh. And so after a few months, this monotheistic, dogmatic philosophy was clearly about control. So I got into a bit of trouble with the priests who were lecturers, and they said, that, well, you either, you, know, you either leave or you have to go with what we're talking about because you're learning how to teach this to other people. Ah, so, so you were asking difficult questions and yeah. skeptical questions and so on. Yes, yeah. yes, and the curriculum did not allow for this at all. Yeah. So, so I made a choice, really. I, I asked my parents, and I said, can I quit? And they said, no, we're, we want to retire. You're the last one. You're not on any subsidy. No, this is your one shot at, at education. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So I stayed quiet and fulfilled the degree and got out as fast as I could, wow. an atheist, a very solid atheist, because huh. I was listening and reproducing this, you know, crap, actually. You know, what did, your, to what did you write your thesis on? Confession. <laughs> <laughs> the sacrament of confession. And how it's supposed to work and everything, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. God, I haven't thought about that since. And the, the, the thing that pulled me to confession was that there was something, something could change in the psyche, yeah. in, in the folding of story. That's really what I was talking about. But, um, but of course, I had to talk about the power of the sacrament and, and all of that stuff, you know. And, and all the while you were writing this thing, you, you didn't believe what you were writing, but you just thought, I'm just going to get this over with. And yeah. That must I have just been tried. hard. It was, but Rick, it taught me discipline. Uh-huh. Interesting. And it taught me patience. Yeah. Good point. It did. It, it actually equipped me very well for what was to come. Mm. But at the time, I was just, you know, obviously just having as much of a social life as I could to yeah. balance out this awful stuff that was just making me contract, you know? Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so then I got involved in uh, community development. I was very interested in social issues, social mm -hmm. equality. So I worked in that area for whatever, five, six, seven, eight years. Um, Barack Obama yeah. did that when he was younger, too. He was a community organizer in Chicago. He gave up all yes. kinds of lucrative things in order to do that. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yeah, yeah. And, and I also, got, at that time, I was always interested in the arts because I, music was a thing that was just kind of cruising around. It mm -hmm. followed me all the time. And, um, and so I got interested in how the arts could access something else yeah. in people who lived in disadvantage. So I, I jumped into that, mm -hmm. not having the language again, that how, how artistic expression is an inaudible voice from, from that which is beyond mm -hmm. Concept, you were know? you a musician or were you just sort of studying it academically uh, or something? Yeah, both. Both, oh. yeah. I played, I played the cello and oh, nice. uh, 
I still I, I did music for well, uh-huh. just at the primary degree, you know. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, at the age of thirty, I was like running my own freelance consultancy business in community develop for community development organisations, um, and and working hard, you know, and playing hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was uh, six of us having Sunday lunch, three couples, myself and my husband doing one of them. And I was drinking a can of Heineken, and I put it down on the table and lifted my head, and I saw dead people hanging from the ceiling all around. And I said, okay, okay, I'm tripping, I'm tripping. Who's giving me what? This is not okay. What's going on? And my friends just said, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And I went, I'm, somebody's giving me something. I mean, I'm, I, yeah. I can see stuff. I can see stuff, you know. Uh-huh. And, of course, they hadn't given me anything. And right. so what it was 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 some third eye capacity, some some perception of the non-physical appeared. Well, and of course, you didn't know that at the time. You thought you were going crazy oh, sure, or something. No. When you're dead, that's the end of the show and happy days when that comes. I yeah. mean, it was as clean and clear as that. So mm-hmm. then what to do with these dead people? So it was like, so does this mean then that, when your body dies, you're not dead. Oh, I have to start at the start here. So then is there a God? I mean, the whole kind of yeah. worms open. Let me just ask you about these dead people, because you also had this experience. You were in the bank, and, and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> someone appeared behind the teller and to ask you to tell this woman not to marry so-and-so, it was, and it turned out to be the woman's mother and so on. I mean, yeah. did, did they appear like uh, kind of wispy and, and ethereal, yeah. or they weren't sort of concrete like you might see in the movies or something? Or? Yeah, no, they're not as con- well to, to this to these eyes or whatever you can yeah. say. They were not as concrete. There's kind of something. Uh, you could yeah, you see could through them. Through, you could, you can. Yeah, yeah tra- there's a translucency, so you know who's a spook and who's not. There's never a question of like, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. But you could tell, so, okay, this is a, an older woman or this is a young man or whatever, you know. Oh yeah, the features yeah. are quite clear. Oh and yeah. Why would there be so clear. many of them hanging around a restaurant? I mean, did a lot of people die of food poisoning there? Or yeah, something? no. I mean, we're <laughs> <laughs> well, we were in somebody's house. It was an old house, funnily enough. It oh, was an old yeah. house. It had been a rectory, and it was this woman's mum. We were go- we were having a party basically for the uh-huh. weekend, and one of my friends, you know, it was her mother's house, mm-hmm. um, and it had been a rectory. So it was steeped in lore and, and stories yeah, and, and history. It was an ancient house with a prevent- protection order and everything on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I ran out of the house and and. The, the boys, of course, the three lads who were there, said, we're, we're going to the pub anyway. I don't know what you're going on with you, Jack, but, you know, get over it, you know. <laughs> I said, I'll stay and do the dishes. It's okay, you know. Um, and the thing was, I, I was petrified. I was petrified because I had no control, first of all, and that was something that I wasn't familiar with. No control, and meaning I, you had no choice but to see these things. Exactly. I couldn't right. turn them off. It was upsetting all my belief system. I couldn't stop them from... from from engaging with me in any way, and there was certainly were they um, engaging with you? I mean, or were they just yes. hanging around, or, or were they saying, "Hey, yes. you, uh, we know you can see us, and we want yes, to tell you something." Yes, they started to engage. After about an hour, they started to engage. Hmm. Um, uh, as and I suppose it's because I engaged with them. Uh-huh. Looking now at how energy works, I definitely started to become visible to them because mm. because I was, you know, sending an emotion there or looking at them and validating their existence and they were validating my existence. Yeah. And lo and behold, separation is there and now we've got this other dimension in this dimension. Did they seem malevolent or were they friendly? No, malevolent. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I, Maybe and the I think... friendly ones had, had moved on or something. <laughs> <laughs> malevolent sure. ones were think... stuck. 
they were stuck. Yeah. And that's usually what it is, you know, that where there's a lot of um, unfinished business. Um, you know, if there's a lot of pain going on, you tend to project that pain or communicate with and through that pain. Yeah. And, and these ones that came to me, yeah, there was a lot of pain going on. There was yeah. a lot of pain. And maybe I would have taken no notice of the other ones. These ones were just eager to get out of their pain, as is the position of any sufferer. So were they so, asking you for help? Um, they started messing messing with me, um, physically pushing me around the place. And and that's how I knew. I thought, okay, I'm really not imagining this because I'm being kind of not beaten up but chucked against a wall. Really? So you'd like stumble into walls and things? Yes, yes. So I ran out of the house and I clung against a wall, you know, and and then I would try to run into the house and as I would leave the wall, I would get whacked back again. I mean, So even though they were ethereal, they could actually have an impact on the physical level. That's exactly it. There was some tactile... The capacity that they had, yeah. yeah, and I think I think what enabled that was my own fear. Um, mm, yeah, made you vulnerable or something. Yeah, it made me completely exposed. I was petrified. I can imagine. Completely out of my realm of what was possible, not to mind it being a real experience, you know, at the time. Yeah. So there, there was no sense of having hand, any handle on it all, on it at all, for a couple of weeks. I'd say there was two or three weeks of the light was on all night. I was just, what can I do about this? What can I do? It was, go away, go away. There they are again. And what would happen my... when you tried to go to sleep? I would fall asleep from absolute exhaustion. Because... Would, would they mess with you in your sleep or anything? Oh, yeah. Um, they would wake me up. Oh. Or there'd be pressure on my body. Yeah, your typical horror movie stuff, you know? Really, yeah. it was just a horror movie. Like, those wow. scripts are not so far Did you just see you're... human spooks, or did you also see, like, animals and things like that? No, human. Ver- the animals were very benevolent. Yeah. They were beautiful. They were just easy, you know. So, so oh, you mean you, you saw ghostly animals or you just saw... Yeah. Oh, okay. But they were okay. Yeah. But yeah. they were always nice and at peace and just sitting there and, uh-huh. you know, I never saw dinosaurs or anything but dogs, <laughs> swans, <laughs> elephants, but very nice, you know, very gentle and just looking. And yeah, just interesting. Kind of so you'd be in rural Ireland seeing an elephant. Yeah. I imagine yeah. many Irish have seen elephants, but not for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They saw pink it's... ones mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the odd Dumbo flying past the window, you know. Um, yeah, I, it's funny. It's, I mean, it's, it's totally wacky, you know. Uh, and if, if I hadn't been so practical and down to earth. Uh, you might have taken it in stride wrong. more easily. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But it just like, this is too crazy. This yeah. is too far removed from what is normal, real, and okay in yeah. how I want to see the world. So what am I going to do with it? And I remember at that point thinking, okay, shut it down or move with it. What are you going to do here? Hmm. I remember talking to my husband about this. And he said, well, it's your choice. It, really, this is, I can't. I like, it's completely your story here. I have no perspective at all. So I said, well, if I, if I shut it down, life continues as it is. But you know what? Maybe I can learn something. It's kind of too interesting. Yeah. Even though I'm petrified. And you didn't I'm have the choice to shut it down anyway, did you? No, but I thought I did, of course. You, thought you didn't have some <laughs> yeah. little switch you could take. I suppose you could have taken some drugs or something, but... You know, I guess, just yeah. psychiatrist, and yeah. you're told you're psychotic, and then that path happens, you know? Yeah. You know, and, yeah, I mean, and they could have locked you up. Probably people are locked up who had this happen to them, and it was just as legitimate as your experience, but they went totally and same. sought same help same. and were diagnosed as crazy, and they're behind uh, bars now, you know? 
That's exactly it. That yeah. was the other option. Even though I didn't, I didn't ever have the label of, oh, this is a psychiatric thing. You know, I didn't, my brain didn't go there. Yeah. But if I had got, gotten help, of course, that would have been, that would have been where I'd have gone for. Yeah, or you'd be that, on Thorazine or something, you know. Yeah, no sweat, but it would have been psychiatric. There was there's no other route out there, right? You know, for that kind of an experience, and and all it is is just that, I don't know. It can be a few things, I suppose, but it's like the limits of mind start to break down. Mm-hmm. The limits of what you think is real starts to break. Yeah. So the lack of reality in all of it starts to appear, huh. and so then everything is possible starts to appear. Interesting. The, so that's a lesson. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these things were kind of coming in, and I was like, "Oh, so then, then, then there are other dimensions after all. That's not just all fairy tales." Yeah. Okay, so maybe then there are actually Irish leprechauns. Maybe it's that far-fetched. Yeah, yeah. That all of it is possible. Did you see any leprechauns? Like, oh, oh God! I mean, or is that? Are we getting ahead of ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should I should just have flake written across here. Okay, um, <laughs> that's okay. I think uh, you know most people who appreciate who would appreciate what you're going to be saying in a little while will also appreciate this, and they'll find I think they'll find the progression fascinating. Yeah, I of do. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, because that's the story. That's how it worked. You yeah. know. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, the yeah, there are sure leprechauns, fairies, the whole lot, all kinds of creatures in woodlands. Man. Woodlands that haven't been, um, that are indigenous, that right. haven't been created so much. Yeah. Ones that are indigenous are teeming with the indigenous non-physical, hmm. can I say spiritual realm, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, w- wildly, wildly fascinating just beings. As, just as common as the birds and the butterflies and the insects and everything else. Same, same, mm-hmm. same, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. yeah. And yeah, it's all there. Uh, uh, steer me uh, clear if I'm if I'm distracting you from something you want to unfold, but uh, I'm I'm trying to kind of extract as much interesting detail out of this as possible. But so did did that um, phase of seeing the woodland, you know, the the subtle beings in the woods, uh, happen around the same time as the ghosts, or was that later on once you had come to terms with the fact that you were seeing having subtle perception? Yes, it came later on. Later. I'd say about two years later. I'd say before I could see woodland. Yeah. Life forms, and by know? that time you were kind of adjusted to the whole thing, I suppose. I was. Yeah. It was like it was no big deal. Then it was like, oh, hello, you know. It yeah. was like, well, here's just a new form of rabbit, you know. But you know, <laughs> and did, whatever. Did, did they too to communicate with you? The little, you know, the yes. leprechauns and stuff. You were able to yes. sort of converse in yeah. some way. Obviously yeah. not so, in English, but telepathically or something. Yeah, telepathically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Ah, yeah. It's all there, and you know. The astral body moves into these dimensions and does this when you're asleep anyway. I mean, you know, it's just, if there are beliefs that the world is a certain way, well, this stuff is really hard to take. And for me, those beliefs were very rigid. They were really rigid. You know, I kind of knew how the world worked and I could sort it all out. Jesus, you know, it had to be attacked with a sledgehammer, you know. So so it was. Well, Um, I think most people feel that way, but most people don't get don't have your experience, you know? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, this was just on the, the destiny of the woman called Jack, you know? Most people get, like, you know, hard life lessons in the in the gross level, like, you know, foreclosing on their home or a divorce or an illness or something, and that, that shakes them up. But, you know, you, you sort of had it crack open in a vertical dimension. <laughs> that's right, that's right. It was huge because I remember the thought that was running all through the first, I'd say, two years of this, 
while, while fear was in the beginning huge and then it was slipping a little bit. I was getting some handle on being okay with, with what was happening. Mm -hmm. During that time, there was one thought running, which was because this realm that has invaded my realm is beyond death, mm. I can't kill myself to get out of this. Yeah, interesting. So, oh, if I, I kill myself, this physical body goes, but actually, I'm not sure if anything else is going to change. You actually, might become one of those change. spooks. Yeah, I'm just one of those. So, so nothing can be gained by killing myself. So yeah. I felt so trapped, Rick. I mean, it was like, I have no option here. There is nothing to do here, but I, can, I have to go through with this. There are plenty of books on this kind of stuff, and, and you live not too far from Findhorn and things like that. Did you look into any of those things? I didn't know what Fintorn was. I didn't know. I'd never heard the word New Age. <laughs> nothing. Uh -huh. I'd never heard the word Reiki. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. I mean, nothing. I you mean, were I just a Heineken so girl that had her, her reality. That's a girl, yeah. And Heineken is <laughs> my day. It was my night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And working hard and social stuff gave me a buzz, you know, and the arts gave me a buzz. And yeah. it didn't go any further, you know. And that, that was that was the world, you know. Were you, um, was your... Uh, um, you know, your business disrupted by all this? Did you find it hard to function? I had to shut it down. Hmm. Um, some Okay, here's a story. Um, I wasn't too long into it. I think, oh, I, oh yeah, it was exactly one week since the first episode of, of Casper's Everywhere. <laughs> and, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and heard something in the living room, and there was a woman hanging from the ceiling, you know. And, uh, hanging uh, as, I, as with a noose or just hanging up there? No, suspended. Suspended. suspended yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Floating up but there. But quite deathly, quite deathly looking. Uh -huh. And I was, get out of my house, get out of my house. And, uh, and she said, um, she said, you can help me. I said, I can't do anything for you. Get out of my house. I can't. You're dead. You know? Now, let me ask and, you this. When you, when you had that conversation with her, were you speaking out loud such that your husband could have heard you or was it all mental? I, I wasn't because he told me he, he would have heard it and he didn't hear it. So it must have been mental, even though I thought I was being audible. Okay. I was sure. And I said, you must have heard me. And he said, no, I really would have heard you. The door was open. Like, I would have, and he would have. He's a light sleeper. Okay. So I thought I was talking, but obviously I wasn't. It was, it was in some nonverbal way. But mm -hmm. I, I hadn't twigged at that time that you don't need to use sound. For, for, for your mental sentence to be given and another one received. So what she said is, she said, you will do something to move me on. You know how to do it. I said, I don't know what to do. Will you tell me? And she said, she said, look, treat me as you would one of your friends. And I said, okay, but I don't know you. And she said, will you just imagine that you know me? And I was putting up every defense. I was being a stroppy old cow, you know. Yeah. And um, she, I just said, well, if you were one of her friends, then I would feel compassion for you. I would send you love because you look like you're in awful pain. And she said, I am, and I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. And I need, I need energy from your world to move to where I'm supposed to go next. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. Well, then I'm just going to imagine you're somebody I know, and I'll send you love. And I put my two hands out to her, mm -hmm. and this beam of light came down from the ceiling, and my heart was... <laughs> this thing came down, and I intuitively caught it, and I bent it towards her. And it, it actually felt like a hose pipe. Huh. It felt... Yeah, it felt... Um, it was tactile. And, and I, I hosed it, and I said, Oh, my God, this is it's just love. It's just love. That's all you want, actually, is love. And she went, yes, that's all. And, and so she said, you will do this to others like me. And she left. Interesting. Did, did, um, it's, it, that beam of light thing is kind of interesting. It almost sounds as though 
uh, you know, there wasn't just you and her in the equation. There was also yeah. something sending that beam that wanted you to intermediate and kind of connect, yeah. you know, be a conduit yeah. so that that beam could connect with her. For why they, they couldn't connect the beam directly to her without you, I don't know. But Yes, you know, it was so for my benefit, I suppose. In hindsight, the learning was for me. She came to teach me. You know, she was a... A, a working experiment, you know, yeah. and volunteered, I guess. You well, know? it sounds like it was mutual, too, because she yeah. appears to have needed help, and it was a... She did. You know. Whether it was enough or not, I don't know, but she said it was, so it did the trick. Now, the funny thing is, I went back to bed. Immediately after this, I went back to bed, and I was, like, dripping and, like, adrenals pumping, and like, yeah. oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> All right, okay, lie down. And this other man appeared at the end of the bed, and I said, get out of here, get out of here. I've had too much to digest for one night. <laughs> get out of here, enough. Yeah. And he said, I'm here to help you, and I will tell you anything you need to know, anything. And I said, okay, so tell me your name then if we're going to talk, and if you're here to tell me, I need your name. And he said, I can't tell it to you yet, he said, but you know, call me Liam, because it's an Irish name, and I know you don't like that name. And I went, oh, actually, actually, I don't. Okay, hmm. okay. All right, all right, okay, this guy knows something, and he's got a bit of a sense of humor, all right. So... I said, okay, we start at the start then. Is there a God? And I sat up in the bed and it, this, I knew this part was, was tele telepathic because I wouldn't have the sentence out and the sentence would be back. The answer would be back. The speed of his transmission was phenomenal. And he was full of light. I could see his eyes, but it's like there was this light, a dazzling light radiating from his chest to such an extent that it, it covered most of his features. So I couldn't make out too much of his features. Then... Um, we spoke for a long time, a long time, and he just said, uh, if, if you do follow this path, and it looked like I had a choice because that's what he had to work with. He had to work with where my brain and my understanding and my limitations were, so he did yield to that. And I suppose that's where Jack has the practice of that now also, seeing the value of that, of like, well, where, is, where, is, where are the beliefs stuck, you know? And let's move from there. And so, so he said, well, your life is going to change hugely if you go with this. So I said, yeah, but uh, what's in it for me if I do? <laughs> <laughs> Practical question. Yeah, 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 of course. All about me. And, uh, and he said, this is what you will get. And this sensation came up, which I don't know. I, you know, a lot of Kundalini happened after that. Uh, can you multiply Kundalini by a thousand? You know, I mean, phenomenal, arresting sensation. That was mm. just like, Jesus. That's, that's off the Richter scale. And he said, that is a teaspoon of love. And love is what this is all about. And you are looking at a teaspoon of a liquid that is greater than the largest ocean on the planet. Mm. And I went, ah, okay. And that this is just off the Richter scale. And he said, yeah. He said, you can't comprehend what I'm talking about. Um, do, do you want to pursue a path that is about this? I said, yeah, do exactly what you like. Uh -huh. And then he said, well, okay, in tomorrow morning you're going to imagine. You, you will now decide that you imagined this sensation. So huh. I'm going to give it to you again, so, so, because you doubt a lot, so, which I did, of course, at the time. And uh, so he said, just prepare yourself. So I laid down the bed and I said, okay, now, so that I could imagine that I could observe. But you would swallow the observer totally. And right. whoa. I went, okay, okay, I'm going to go for this take it away. Now, i got to jump in to follow up this story, Rick. Eight years later, I found out who this guy was. Mm -hmm. um, four, five, six, and I'm just working out the year. Six years after this, I, 
I connected with uh, a spiritual master who's called Master Jose, who's, mm -hmm. I guess he must be late 50s now. He's alive. He's a, he's a physical person. Yeah, well, person. he's in the physical body. I've never, I never physically met him, and because of the clairvoyancy, it was no big deal, because I can see him. Uh -huh. I could call him in, you know. Uh -huh. But so, he's, he's actually in some place, Ecuador yeah, or someplace. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a wife and he lives in a house and, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and a son. Um, and he's, yeah, he lives in the north of Spain still. Mm. Um, and he runs meditation retreats, or a disciple of his runs meditation retreats. Um, and they do a type of chanting and a type of, of healing. And it's totally the devotional path, totally. Mm. And I, I connected with this six years later and went to several of these retreats now two years into this meditation kind of coming in and out and getting deeper and deeper and beginning to follow this guy and thinking gosh this guy is very clear and anytime i go to these retreats or tune into him the clarity is phenomenal and something tends to drop out of all of the story of jack so god this is the purest i can find having looked at new age having tried everything at that point that you can find um and at this retreat, we were chanting, and it was the closing event. And he appeared in front of me, and, and I went, oh, hello. And he said, um, and it was telepathically because everybody was singing around me. And he said, uh, I'm Liam, ah. Master Jose did. And I went, who's Liam? Sure, it was just like. You forgot that. Yeah, completely had, like it was just a story six years late before. Who's Liam? And he said, Do you remember this? And he opened his hands and the image of him at the foot of my bed. Oh. I said, oh, Jesus Christ, you're joking, you know. And he went, that was me. And I've waited for six years while you went to South America, took loads of this, that, and the next thinking that you can find God through everything except through your heart. Hmm. So, my dear, are you ready to walk with me? Now hmm. you're ready to work with a master. Hmm. I went, Okay. If you have that kind of love that you sit watching me going around the, <laughs> the world doing stupid things in search of what you know I'm looking for, sure. Okay, I trust you. I go for it. Mm. So I cried and cried and cried and something said, okay, the search now gets easier. Whatever it is you're looking for, he knows what you're looking for, but you don't know what you're looking for. You just know that you're looking. Mm. Um, I had that much. And so all kinds of resistance to following a master was the next couple of weeks. It now, should be a woman. Hang on just one uh, second. Uh, yeah. So do you actually want to skip the last six years and pick it up from there? Or was is there anything <laughs> worth, <laughs> worth talking about during those six years when you went to South America and everything? And, yeah, you, you, um, and you actually worked as a ghostbuster in Ireland? And, yeah, and I did. I can give you a brief synopsis. Okay. Um, Let's Hang on one second. So, okay, okay, please continue. Yeah. So that six years in a synopsized version, um, Liam, or Master Jose, told me that uh, to walk this path, do not take on any more contracts, because I was working freelance at the time. Within six months, you will be working as a ghostbuster. And I was like, oh, no, not that crowd, <laughs> you know. But he said, if you go through this path, you will find out about fear. I'm sure and, you've seen that movie, right? Ghostbusters? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the sixth sense. The sixth yeah. sense was great. Well, well, that was great too. But you, you remember the old one with Dan Aykroyd and and. Uh, and I do, yeah. I do. Don't, Who don't, are you gonna don't call? cross the yeah. beams. And all. <laughs> <laughs> great, great yeah, movie. yeah. That one wasn't researched very well, but sixth sense was. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, within six months, then I started working as a Ghostbuster. Um, hmm. Within. Uh, 
I don't know, I'd say maybe a year of working as a ghostbuster. And, and he told me to call it a ghostbuster. He said, you're so concerned about your self-image. If you call yourself a ghostbuster, you're going to cringe. And I'm like, oh, God, this guy knows me too well, you know. <laughs> I was ready to admit that. But <laughs> and so, so, yeah, so, so that name stuck. So then, did you do, huh? you know, for people what you did for that woman in your living room that yes. night? So connect yes. with a beam of light and, you know, send them on their way. Is that what you were doing yes. as a ghostbuster? Yeah. That's right. Pretty, pretty much that. Just resolving what needed to be resolved. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of therapy for the dead, really. Yeah. You know, that's what it was, really. It was just moving on whatever the stuck belief system was. Usually forgiving oneself. That was generally the one that would cause most movement. But then you'd get a lot of um, uh, malevolent spirits who would, you know, be throwing things across the room or I remember one case of a child who had been to various psychologists, various psychiatric wards. She was 12 years old and she would wake up in the morning black and blue and this was the presenting symptom um, and the family somehow found out about me and I went and sure, in her, sure, of course, she was, she was doing battle during the night, you know, wow. this is what was going on. Could she see them the way you can see them? Yeah. yeah, and everybody thought she's going psychotic, you know, yeah. and apparently don't tell those stories to anybody, you know. I was like, oh, bless her. Sure, of course it was happening, you know. And so then uh, move on, the malevolent, the, you know, the gang, and, and sure, she was fine. It stopped, and that was the end of it, you know, never recorred again, you know. Did you ever find so any that thing. were too strong to purge from the premises? I mean, Yeah. What would happen is that they would just be laughing at me, and they'd go for a while, and then two weeks later they'd come back, and I'd be uh -huh. like, hey, sorry, I'm going to swing by and give you your money back because... Huh. I can't. I, I can't. They won't take me for real. They won't well, do it. Was there a big demand for that in your area? Yeah. It was a full-time job, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How do you charge uh, for your services as a ghostbuster? Yeah, it's funny. I don't She's know. Like, by, by the ghost or by the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little ghosts are, are $20 yeah. and big ghosts are $100. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's usually a donation, or oh, I don't know I what it is at the time. Yeah, or my time, or something. I'm, I'm not quite sure if there was any fixed rate. I've always been very kind of looser around things like that. Anyway, it seems like the kind yeah. of thing that would have somehow caught the attention of the press, and they would have gotten sort of like uh, skeptical yeah. articles written in the local papers about you and stuff. Yeah. Did that yeah. happen? It never happened. Uh. And, and you know, my father gave me advice about that. Uh -huh. He said never ever, ever let the media know about what you do. Yeah, yeah. He said that, like, when I told them, listen, my life is changing, I I'm going to do this. And, uh -huh. you know, you, you have to tell your family at some point, and they think, and then they all have a conference among themselves thinking, okay, she's lost her marbles, what are we going to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not too far disabled. off. I mean, the Catholic Church has exorcisms, you know? It's a, yeah, they do. Sort of in they the do. same ballpark. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is, it is. I, yeah. I don't know what they concluded out of it. I never... Bothered. That's their business. But, um, but yeah, he did give me that advice. Don't go near the media at all, ever in your career. You know. Yeah. So, so of course, he was right. He was right. You know, that would certainly have been a distraction. I think, and it it would have slowed things up. I think. Yeah. Um. So, so from that, a year later into the ghost busting, a year into the ghost busting, rather, um, I heard a voice when I was sitting. I was uh, washing the dishes. And it's time to work on the living, stop working on the dead. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. Not a clue what to do with this one, so show me what to do if that's what I'm to do. Um, and so, of course, the same day, collecting my car from the local mechanic, and he said, Jack, if you ever do 
and living people, how you help the dead. I, I'd love to volunteer. Oh, oh no! And I there thought, yeah, go. okay, okay, fine. Two days later, I came back and I said, well, were you serious? So he came to my sitting room floor. I thought, okay, I'll pull out an old mattress and a sleeping bag and throw him on top of that. And he fell asleep. Huh. Perfect. Okay, he's asleep. Now, 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 now I'll just sit here and think, okay, right, I've set it up. Now, voice from wherever you are, tell me what to do. And lo and behold, his chakra system became visible. And I went, oh, my God, look at these colors. Look at these wheels. Oh, my God, look at this mess. And my hand started to move and turn this and twist that. And then explaining this to some, a friend of mine, she said, these are chakras. You can buy books about these. There's charts about these in my yoga. The class, and I went, okay, okay, tell me what to do. So I went and I had a psychic reading with somebody, and she just said, you get this book, you get this book, you do this course. She was fantastic and put me on the track of the New Age mm -hmm. because I needed that language, I needed that world, because that's, that, that's what was appearing in front of me, so yeah. I needed the skill to manage there. Let me just uh, interject so, a question. What, do you think, was that Master Jose who came to you and changed your marching orders to start yeah. Weekend Living? Was it him again? Yeah, yeah, I think so. There was nothing else that responded to, to any kind of authority, except to his authority, I think. Right. There was a sense of all other stuff. Ah, go away, go away, go away, you know? Yeah. But, but when, when that, there was some, something about his energy that was just unquestionable. It would be like, sure. Mm -hmm. Doubt would come in. There was a trust there. Um, so from there... Uh, into the New Age thing, I ended up at a sweat lodge and met somebody at a sweat lodge who told me about Sanctodaimi. So then I did Sanctodaimi intensively for a couple of months. What's, what's that? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, pr a plant from Brazil which oh. is quite connected to a church. Um, it's, it's, it's a medicine. It's like a, a hallucinogenic? It's hallucinogenic, for okay. sure it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And there's quite a lot of that in, in, in Europe. Sure. Um, it's legal now in, in Holland that the church is actually recognized as a church. And this would be the sacrament. The Sanctodami would be a sacrament. Everything's legal um, in it, Holland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so wings of that church practice in Ireland. Huh. And so mm, uh, it's a little bit underground, of course. Yeah. But I don't think it needs to be really because, because now it's a recognized church, at least in Europe. Huh. And so, so from that, somebody said, well, if you're drawn to this then what about ayahuasca? I was like, well, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I got very interested in, in ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. I got very, very interested in that and ended up spending some time in Peru. I uh, know, just a few weeks, but an intensive camp. I went back to Bolivia several times and worked closely with a the shaman there. Mm -hmm. um, so what did all this do for you, the, uh, the Sanctodaimi and the ayahuasca? I mean, what were your yeah. experiences with those? Oh, they were wild, of course, because I was so open and right. so... Available. I mean, and you're really already seeing stuff. You must, have, you must have started really seeing stuff. It was wild. It was crazy. It yeah. was nuts. You know, in the feedback, like in the early morning at dawn when everybody's talking, and I'd be like, I have to taper down what I'm going to say here. And I was looking yeah. around because I just pick out one bit of a story because they ain't seen nothing, you know. <laughs> Is it worth uh, telling us some details, or do you feel like now that that would be just sort of a yeah, distraction no, it's or all it's, yeah, I think so because it's all simply just different aspects of mind. Any concept that can be thought manifests in some shape or form. That's uh -huh. the deal with the concept. It has the capacity to manifest in form or formless or aesthetically or in some dimension or someplace. And, and I suppose I was able to, to access those dimensions very easily on plant medicine. I see. Um, you know, and uh, one thing, all right, one story I'll tell. Um, because it might be somebody's experience. Um, I was taking San Pedro 
San Pedro. And there's a specific way that you take this medicine in that you, you're walking around a fire within a corralled area uh, until about 4 a.m. in one direction, which is the unwind. And then the shaman stops the whole thing, a little ceremony happens, and you walk the opposite way. I can't remember when it's clockwise and when it's anti-clockwise. I don't remember. So in the winding in of it, okay, the shedding of stuff as I was going out, um, and at 4 a.m. you start to pull back in to, until dawn comes. As I was coming back in, there was like a shudder, and, and my vibration energetically would drop. And it made me understand how, how energy works in some way. Mm. Um, and I would feel this, like you get the shake of somebody walking on your grave, you know, that kind of a shudder. Right. And something would feel more dense. Mm -hmm. And in that density, it would be, and so you think this, and so this is real, and so this person is in your life because you're holding this belief, and this isn't cleared, and so there's this belief yeah. going on, and so then this person is in your life, and this is the scenario, and that's why you're in the job you're in, and that's why you're married to this person. And, and I was like, shit! So as each little um, belief system that Jack was holding at the time of how she thought the world worked, as each one was coming back in, I could feel a density, a thickness, a yucky, shitty, crappy feeling kind of coming in at a cellular level. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's like something or I, I, I don't know actually really wh what it was. Was there some astral body coming in or, or some density was, which had blown out? But the parts that, that hadn't been dissolved were coming back in because I wasn't ready or I couldn't integrate the shifts. Uh -huh. Maybe something like this. And so I could actually see, oh, my God, this is just total density. Mm -hmm. the, the world as I see it is the world because I see it like this. Mm. It's only because I see it. I've totally created everything that I believe. Everything how it is is not how it is at all. It's only how it is because it, I believe it's how it is. Oh, my God, that's what I have to do. Mm. So it gave me a fantastic reorientation to see that this is totally my belief system. There's nothing else. This isn't about faith or going someplace. Or this isn't about anything except, except the belief system of believing that I'm Jack who thinks the world's like this. <laughs> There's something inherently unstable about this because it can be thrown off and it came back in. And so it's just a ball of conditioning. So somehow it came became clear of the years of therapy that I did when I was like started at 19 to 25, those, just, just going to a psychotherapist, that part clicked in. It's like that's what the pull was to get rid of conditioning. That's why it feels so awful to believe your own story and why there's freedom when you shed something because energetically there's the loosening. There's a, a contraction which ceases. So, so that was a great scene. That was probably the best one, actually. It's the one that comes to mind mm. now. That's very interesting. Um, I mm -hmm. wish I wish everyone could have that experience, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a great one. It was a great one. Um, and the other big whammy then was on Sancto Daime, um, where uh, everything was stripped, and this serious vacuum sucked any concept that I was clinging to. Yeah. including the idea of myself. Mm -hmm. And that awful void continued for hours and hours mm -hmm. and hours, even after the ceremony, but the organizers of the ceremony were trying to bring me back, and I could, my body was, I mean, totally, I could, I could look. And, of course, the mental faculties were going on, and I could talk, but I had no power at all from the neck down, none. 
You mean you couldn't walk or anything? Nothing, nothing. I was lying on the floor. I was just limp. Was it really and, awful uh, to be stripped of concepts, or did you actually kind yeah, of like it in some it way? No, it no? was horrific. <laughs> there was nothing to stand on. Hmm. No ground. There was just nothing, and then even nothing was taken away. There wasn't even a comfort in nothing. You should, you should um, know this one as a Catholic. For the, uh, for the foxes have their holes and the birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. I, I think that's what he later. was talking about, but he had adjusted to it, obviously. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. You're dead right, Rick. That's exactly what that was. Yeah, that there was, there's just, there's nothing stable in any of this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I try, you know, even in, in the middle of that, I was saying, but, but Jesus Christ, you know, I mean, if you're a, a, a Christian, you're like, Jesus, let me grab something somewhere that was valid for a while, maybe. Yeah. And I clung to that, and it was like, no. A concept, a belief system, another relative story. Mm -hmm. It's like, shit, shit. There was nothing, 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 nothing. Um, and so from that, what was deduced was that existence, existence itself is a myth. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that which exists is not real. You mean, no ma you mean manifest that. existence or yes. you know, concrete yes. existence. Yeah. Yes, and that something can exist. It was prior to the something. This was about existence going. It wasn't that the things. In the beginning, the things went, you know, Jesus or my life or whatever, the physical world, the cosmos, all the dimensions. I, I, I was jumping from anywhere for some rest. So when the things went, existence itself went. And that's what the horror was. Mm. That's, 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 you know, you will cling to survive in any capacity you will, you, you can. The, the, the basic instinct of any human individual is to cling to life. Mm -hmm. No matter, that instinct will kick in, no matter how clear the understanding is that it's not real, or that this is illusion, or only an appearance, some basic instinct will kick in, kick in to keep the form alive mm -hmm. until it's done. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's done, and that's fine. Were you still um, married at this point? Were you going through all this stuff and going to South yeah. America? But your husband was cool with it? Um, he... Wow. I, he said, if I didn't know you for so long beforehand, because, because I met him when I was 17, he said, if I didn't know you for so long, I would be gone, girl, gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, this is just too much. But, yeah. but, but actually, I'm finding it interesting because it's you. Yeah, yeah. So, so actually, he was just, he worked in the post office, real stable, solid guy, played uh -huh. his golf, you know. Uh -huh. So, so, so he was very grounded, which yeah. enables me to go off and do wacky stuff and come back yeah. to base and be okay. So he allowed the integration. Might have been, yeah, and it must have been good for you to have a, an was, anchor. That was wonderful. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, if there's no anchor there, gosh, it's tough. It's tough, yeah. It can yeah. be very tough for people who don't have any reference point for, for that integration while, while the, the human life is in transition, you know, yeah. until that phase finishes. I got pretty darn so, crazy myself before I got married. I mean, just, you know, being on this totally dedicated to a spiritual path. And boy, yeah, you know, yes. when I think back, I think, God, was I nuts, you know. And, and uh, it took many years to sort of get more and more integrated and, you yes. know, get rid of a yes. lot of my idiosyncrasies. <laughs> yes. But I wasn't yes. having any kind of experiences like you were having, but, you know, still, okay. you know, meditating and hours a day and so on. And yeah, yeah. And, and, and when you look back at that now, Rick, what, what was that at play? I sort of feel like all is well and wisely put. And, uh, you know, um, I, ha I take the long view of things, the big time eyes, as someone, I think somebody put it. And, you know, I just sort of feel like 
everything's unfolding just as it should. And, you know, that I started out really nuts, uh, you know, heavily into drugs as a teenager and dropped out of school and, you know, just a real mess. And I, when I learned, I, I don't want to turn this into a whole thing about me, but, you know, I learned to meditate when I was 18 and it really turned me around yeah. profoundly and yeah. dramatically. But there was a lot, many years of healing and restructuring and yes. all that needed to take place. Yes. Because sure. you know, I'd really gone at it as a as a younger yeah. person and had a rough family yeah. life and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's get and back it, to you. And here you are now, doing yeah, this again, huh? Yep. Touching into it from within a domestic scenario, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. They're not. They're not. Um, they're not in opposition to each other at all, are they? You know? No, no. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Yeah. 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 It's funny because um, I, I have a sister who seems to have this skill to to kind of see where Jack is at, where the character is at, you know. Mm -hmm. And she often says, Jack, you know, someday, someday you will go into a relationship again. And I'm like, I mean, I'm so far from that. The Jack character is so far from that. Yeah. It's funny, you know, and she just says, no, you will. You, you will. It'll just go around like that. So it's funny, you know. Yeah. I wonder, will the, in that integration happen for Jack again? I don't know. I don't never know. know. I, I, never say never. Yeah. Never say never. That's sure. And I mean, is, your is master Jose was married and had a kid, right? Yeah, he's still married. Yeah. Yeah, he's and, still with her. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, he seems to be yes. doing okay. I mean, it's fascinating that he was able to sort of scope you out from Spain and find this woman in Ireland who's having this experience and appear at your bedside yeah. and have all this interaction. I mean, where must someone be at to be functioning in that way? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's quite... Does he speak English? Quite. Maybe I should interview him. <laughs> no, he doesn't speak English at all. <laughs> and he's completely in retreat. He never physically appears, you know? Uh -huh. So, yeah. yeah, sorry, somebody's just Skyping and I just want to get rid of that. Okay, yeah. so, so, where am I at? Where, where, where were we at? Okay, well, um, you had jumped ahead six years to your visit with Master Jose in Spain, and then oh, I kind okay. of backtracked you back to the Amazon and ah. the Peru and everything. Oh, yeah. We went through some of those uh, hallucinogenic yeah. experiences. Yes. And like, so we can take it up from wherever you like now. Yeah, so, okay. So from the connection with Master Jose, um, there was a few big, big wobblers, I think, really, with Amma as in the hugging mother, and from those retreats from the Master Jose school. Yeah, I want to hear um, about that because I've, uh, I'm very fond of Amma, and I've been seeing yeah. my wife and I have been seeing her since so oh, about 11 years, and we, we go yeah. two, three, four times a year and spend time with her. And, uh, yeah. and you also spent some time where you were camping in Spain, but maybe that's the Master Jose thing. Yes, uh, that was the Master Jose thing. Okay, yeah, good. yeah. So uh, maybe we should yeah. go on to Amritapuri. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the first um, the the first time with Emma was she was in Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was her very first trip in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And after the the just before the hug, when I was coming up to the hug, I thought I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. I'm going. What am I going to do? I'm queuing up here, and I'm going to vomit on this lady, you know. <laughs> and of course, I didn't. And because I felt like, oh, this is this. This, no, this is an energetic. This is an, then I twigged, you know, this isn't food. I didn't eat her. I, it's been hours I've been sitting here. Okay, fine. This is energetic. Calm down, Jack. Calm down. And the shift that happened after the hog, it's like the energetic movement happened. And I spent a ha an hour and a half in some kind of trance mm. where, whereby I felt I was communicating with her. or just uh, I was sitting down. My body was shaking because there was a friend of mine holding my jacket as I went up so she was just sitting there watching me doing this shaking thing for an hour and a half 
and and at that time she told me you will have to leave your husband your marriage is going to end you will and I was like you get a grip you're just playing with me here telepathically um, she said that yeah sure right. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so she told me some home truths like this which which came to pass um, I I shut everything down at one point mm, now let me think maybe maybe a year after Amma what do you mean you shut Maybe everything down? Every, yeah, I, I, I knew. Okay, I was working as a healer at this at this point. As a healer. So, as a healer. Maybe I was about 36. Okay, mm -hmm. so the kind of kind of kind of Casper was when I was 30. Okay, mm -hmm. so then there was about six years until I hit the Master Jose thing, where I had done the the energy work, the New Age, the ayahuasca, all the shamanic stuff. Um, I hit the Master Jose thing, started cleaning up everything because it was more meditation, more chanting, more contemplative. And so from those two years with Master Jose, I felt I felt that whatever I'm doing, giving workshops on chakra healing, on chanting, running weekend residentials, on healing the family tree, I got involved in all that stuff. Mm. And so, and it has its place like everything. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it just came clear that this is going nowhere. This is a service, fine. Um, and everything in my life at that point was a service because that was all that made sense. And that really all I'm doing is gathering information and sharing information. And this is just engaging my mind all the time. I'm trying to balance it out with meditation mm -hmm. and with observation. And uh, there's something amiss here. I keep accumulating more information and engaging my mind in a way that I know is, is not helping. I've gotten some way leave all of this. And so I started doing my work, but without the third eye capacity. So I thought, okay, shut down this extra information and just be normal. Just be normal and see if that churns up more crap. And so I did, and I was able to like, no, only the physical realm, only the physical realm. And that's possible to do. Um, and so that was too much also. It was like, okay, Jack, but I want more silence. I need to go away. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And I thought, okay, I'll go to where there's more light. Now, what's light? I thought, okay, the sun is light. After that, the rest of it is just ideas. The sun is light. Okay, I'll trust that. But we're down to the physical realm again. Mm -hmm. And so I put my tent on my back, and I went to a campsite in the south of Spain for three months. Mm -hmm. And uh, and my husband came out once um, for a week, and uh, and I would phone him, whatever, every now and then or something. And when I came back to Ireland in the airport and he collected me, I was like, it's gone. It's gone. Something is finished here. I can't, I can't be his wife anymore. Something mm. is broken. And so then I knew that this is very drastic here. I, I'm, I'm actually going to have to lose everything. I'm, I, I can't play with this one at all. Mm. So, so we talked about it and he said, okay, it'll finish when it'll finish. Um, that was June and by September it was, I actually can't be engaged with you sexually anymore. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, now it's finished. <laughs> now it's done. You know, a man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the end of it, you know. And, and, and that was the end of it, really. <laughs> you know. Uh, so I went to Spain. and. Although you gotta got to give him credit for being having been very patient for a long time with all oh, kinds of... Man, it's a sweetheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're great mates, you know. Like... You know, his girlfriend is lending me her car next week. And yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's lovely. It's lovely. It's, yeah. We've just always been great mates. It's just that we couldn't do the marriage thing anymore. Right. And, and he now says, Jack, the best thing you ever did for me was leave me. The yeah. best thing you ever did. Yeah. Because it threw me upside down. And so, of course, everything works out fine. You just have to ride through the, the uncertainties, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Um, from that, from that, yes, I moved to I moved to Tenerife, and I met somebody who said I want to go to India to study yoga, and will you come with me? I was like, uh, okay, 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 let's see what yoga is about. Went to this yoga center, which was at the back of Arunachala, mm-hmm. and uh, after three days, this. This crack about salute the sun and my hands up and my legs down and crabs and dogs and cats and forget it. Like, I am not a yogic. It's not my path. I'm quitting. And so it's like, okay, I'm going around the other side of the mountain and I'll wait in the local village and see you in three weeks' time when the course is over. And over at the other side of the village, it was Tiruvannamalai, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was Tiruvannamalai. And I was like, Jesus, like, where was I? What was I messing around with? For so long, this, 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 they're putting words on what I know. They're putting words on that which I thought had no words. We can point towards that which is beyond mind. <gasps> the relief, Rick, it was wild just to like, Jesus, people talk about it. Oh my God, the word non-dual for the first time, you know. Huh. I suppose, yeah. I mean, this, this probably couldn't have happened now because nowadays there's non-dual people on every street corner, you know, yeah. talk, talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and YouTube wasn't there, right. or it wasn't woken up to it, or you know, <laughs> yeah, there was you know, it just wasn't available. It wasn't available. Mm-hmm. So um, from there, I suppose, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time on my own there. I spent a lot of time just just doing self inquiry. A few years, really, you know. Yeah. Um, until Richard Miller knocked on my door, and that was the end of Jack's solitude. <laughs> Good old Richard Miller. He he gets around. He sure does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, was, yeah. And then at what point did you go to Amritapuri? Yeah, um, to, to just get a break from Tiruvannamalai when the season would be there, yeah. January, February, um, and Amma is, is doing her Indian tour. She's hanging out in the ashram. It's like, okay, too many Westerners here. Yeah. It's too busy. It's too much of a party scene. And I was going in too much at that point. I couldn't engage. Right. So, so yeah, I'd get a train across to Amritapuri and stay mm-hmm. for a week or two weeks or something. Yeah, whenever Amma was there. You said something on your uh, biography about having really being sort of incapacitated there and having to be fed or just sort of being completely out of it for six days. What was that all about? Uh, yeah. Uh, there was um, a mantra which appeared, um, as they often do, you know, just a sentence uh, comes, which obviously you've heard somewhere or something. And it was, I am the Supreme Consciousness, I am the Supreme Consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it was running, 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 obsessively, as things were at that point, because my mind was very much going to a single point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember l- looking out the window of the, the little rooms in Amritapuri, looking out the window way down to the queue, right out from the temple of, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of, of people um, to get into the temple, and seeing so clearly that, oh my gosh, look, that really requires a lot of imagination to imagine that we are all people, mm-hmm. and that they're individuals doing doing separate things, and that they have lives, and that she is the mother of that child, and what a load of make-believe ideas placed on top of just balls of energy, which we call bodies, which are moving completely just as the cosmos is moving. It's just particles moving. And somehow we believe we're separate from this. What a crazy idea. But that idea is just part of the movement too. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, so some seeing of there is no individuality at all. Concepts are never the truth. They're not 
um, real, they can be taken as real, but they don't represent capital or reality. And so in the seeing of that, I, 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 I seemed to not be there. Um, and, and functioning was happening because I was thankfully with somebody who, who could say, come on, Jack, I need to eat, and pull me off the floor, and I would just eat and go back to the room and lie down again. And, you know, then it was six days later. Yeah. Um, and it was like, okay, what, 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 what's appearing now, and how come this is like sort of solid again, and what's going on? But the thought that brought me back was sex. The idea of sex, because the partner I was with was having a shower, and I was just lying there, and I could see him having a shower and thinking, why does this body imagine it connects with that body in a pleasurable way? Hmm. What on earth could imagine that there is a subject of pleasure Hmm. in this? And somehow it's like, oh my God, yeah. Oh, now I can see how that works. Oh, that's amazing and bomb. There was Jack again. <laughs> but much less. Right. Much less. It was just seeing that, oh, what was left then was that the sense of I am an individual is only alive when there is desire running. It only kicked in. And hmm. it wasn't that it was clear that there isn't an I here all the time that tunes in with self-image or tunes in with desire, hmm. tunes in. Not at all. The I is, is part of that thought which has... It's, it's like it's a quality attached to a particular thought at any time. Some thoughts have an I sense about them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the wonderful magic of that is that it has the capacity to make you believe you're real and you're separate huh. that you're having the thought. It's like, what a joke. <laughs> so would it, be, uh, would it be fair to say that it has its function uh, and yeah. when it's needed, but, yeah. uh, that, that function, that, but that it gets sort of overindulged in com- ordinarily and uh, be- becomes per- some- something which really should just be sort of a, an occasional functional useful thing becomes the predominant permanent situation. It does. It yeah. does. In order to make having a human life possible. Right. Um, so, so it's totally wonderful the fact that it, it, it concretizes in some way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing that it actually is believable, and it's 100% believable, especially when they're suffering. It's more believable when they're suffering. Yeah. You know, because that density is there, and the oh, very density. Dense. Yeah. Will, I mean, if we hold, hold, uh, held our hand over a candle flame or something like that, it would concretize, concretize very quickly. And or if I yes. held mine over a candle flame, candle flame, and you didn't, you know, there would definitely be the pain would be located here, not there. Yes. You know, and. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'd be yes. the one who, you know, there'd be a sense of get that arm away, and, and yeah. you, would, you wouldn't have that sense so much, you know. Cause, that's right, that's right. Because this is my kind of concrete manifestation. That's right, yeah. that's right, yeah. And there are layers to it, because the, ba- the, the, the instinct for the body to protect itself, that's always there, of course, you sure. know. Um, and for some, it's, based, it's, it's overlaid with a fear of mm-hmm. I'm going to die, or I'm vulnerable, or uh, you know, don't remind me that I'm mortal, or and even with those gone, there is a basic instinct that yeah. that, that moves to protect itself. Yeah, you know, which it's which anyone yeah. Ma, Ra, Ramana Maharshi had, right? ah, any sh- anybody. Sure. Yeah. Sure. There's yeah, a yeah. I heard you talking about this in one of your satsangs, and how how you were saying that there's always going to be some remnant of of I or of ego or of sense of self as long as you're alive. And yeah. uh, I'm not a Sanskrit scholar by any stretch, but I happen to know one phrase, which is uh, 
called lesha vidya in Sanskrit, and what it means is faint remains of ignorance. And the idea is that as, as long as you're a functioning human being, there has got to be some lesha vidya in order for yes. you to function. Otherwise, yes. you know, otherwise you couldn't yes. distinguish the wall from the door, or you know, know to put food That's in your right. mouth or <laughs> anything. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's it's I guess it's the working mind, you know, because the thinking mind is the part that that achieves liberation. You know, it's mm. it's a mental phenomenon, liberation anyway. So so that seeing of of the illusion as the illusion is just for the thinking capacity of mind. So the working mind is there, but yet some Something enables the movie to appear as a movie. Hmm. The appearance still appears. It's an appearance, but it appears to appear still. Yeah. And there's and some so, kind of mutuality in it, too, because, I mean, you know, you, if you and I were sitting in the same room, we'd, be, we'd both see the same table and the same chair and the same wall and everything else. Um, yes. And if, if one of us were to die, that table, chair, and wall would still, the other one would still see those things. So it's not like we totally yes. create our own individual reality. Uh, yes. afresh and uniquely each one of us yes. there's some kind of a, a universal thing and we all just yes. sort of tune into it to whatever extent we do that's right or, that's right or however we perceive yeah. it yes and and then you know at satsang you find somebody an hour into it saying every question that was asked could have been mine you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so at the subtle layer also there's such a commonality because you know it's just one ball of energy just keeps moving around mm -hmm. and so there isn't a whole lot that's subjective actually you know it depends on huh. how wide a, how wide a lens you, you want to look through you know so um as far as the jack story is concerned is is there? I mean, we left you kind of lying on the floor in Amritapuri. Was uh, <laughs> did you sort of ever reach a, a point where you felt like, okay, this is the final stroke, or uh, and, and is that farther along in, in your um, in your telling here, or or what? Yeah, I don't know because I've no plan. Um, uh, ah, okay, I remember. Uh, walking around, I used to have a practice of walking meditation, of walking around the Samadhi Shrine of Ramana Maharshi. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking around that, I think it was like in August or something, there was nobody there. And uh, the sentence, the show is over, the show is over. And I often use that now actually, the show is over, the show is over, the show, and something just went there. I, what, what, what makes an eye appear? What is it? Desire, okay, 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 I think it was desire. Let's see, let's see if desire, where's desire, what's desire, what? And after that sentence, that repeated sentence, because it was running for ages before it was heard, and it was like, oh gosh, I seem to have lost, I seem to have lost something. And within a few days later, in the shower, in, in, again in Tiru, uh, I'm doing this because you, 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 you throw jugs of water over yourself, in the shower, <laughs> uh, and it was like, oh, my mind is breaking, mind is breaking. And there was this sense of an iceberg breaking into particles and particles flowing away. And I was like, I'm losing my marbles here. Okay, okay, fine. Psychiatric hospital in India, so be it, so be it. Oh, you must have been Something. used to losing your marbles by that time. Yeah, totally. It was like, okay, <laughs> what well, next? Them for you years know, by I mean, that time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was well off the Richter scale at this point. Yeah, so, so. Those two experiences were, in hindsight now, they felt like that some wiring, some essential wiring 
that's necessary to make the I be believed, hmm. that wiring was burning out. Hmm. That the I never, ah, God, it just, it's just not authentic. You know, it just, it, there's just, a, there's a gap between, between an I story and, and what is believed. You know, there, how can anything be believed? The idea of believing anything. Just, it's just nuts. It's, it, hmm. Nothing can be believed. Who could it be believed by? You know, believing is just, is just um, it's part of a, of, a, of a ball of energy that moves through consciousness. Why would it be owned or believed? I, some, I, some link broke, hmm. you know, in, in what gives an authenticity to the manifest, manifested world. Mm-hmm. You know, so in hindsight, I would have to say it was those two incidences that happened quite close to each other in linear time. Yeah. It's interesting how, you know, most spiritual seekers, um, they, there's definitely a, a personal motivation, it seems, that they start out with where they, they kind of have some realizations that there's something more and they think, well, I've got to get that. And so they start doing practices and reading books and going to seminars and, you know, there's this sort of very purposeful thing. In your case, you know, you were just going along, living your life, and, and it's like a big hook came in and grabbed you by the neck and, exactly. and said, here's what we've got planned for you, you know, and, yeah. and you've been sort yeah. of, um, obviously you've gone and pursued all sorts of things over the years, but it, it's, it's more like you just kind of like stumbled onto a fast-moving train yeah. and, um, exactly. you know, yeah. had no, no, not much exactly. choice in the matter. Yeah. Like I you was were, hanging on. You were to destined train. for this thing. Yeah, and for you, sure. And you were almost yeah. chosen. I mean, not, even like in the Master Jose incident, you know, he just kind of came along yeah. and said, boom. Uh, yeah. So it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it does happen to yeah. some people that way. Yeah. Not everyone. But it, it, no, not everyone. And, and both must exist, you know, that yeah. you go after it or that it comes after you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was playing catch up. You know, I was just constantly trying to trying to uh, make sense of something because the next thing was already on top of me, you know? Yeah. Uh, Some I, people I might often, speculate that... It, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I often remember thinking, maybe I'll ask to slow it down. Maybe yeah. I'll ask to slow it down. And I did once mm-hmm. because I thought about it so much I can remember. I asked once, it has to slow down. Did it you slow know? down? And about three days later, yeah. I thought, no, no, actually, I'm okay now again. I'm okay now again. Mm-hmm. Off it goes. Who do you think you know? you're asking? Ah, sure, good question. My mind, I suppose. What else? Uh, either that or some some bigger intelligence, you know, some yeah. higher, I mean. Yeah, maybe so. Who knows? You know. I, I, don't, I don't know. It just went out there. I Obviously, don't you know, if you look, like, you look at the universe, it's vast and fascinating and complex. And, you know, you and I couldn't, man, couldn't create a house fly if we needed to. You know, there's just so much intelligence inherent yeah. in everything. So there, to me, it, oh, it always seems like there's... I mean, I start my day every day by looking at some astronomy pictures of galaxies and stuff like that. And it just seems, it seems like there's some much bigger intelligence running the show. And, you know, we fathom that to whatever extent we can. And essentially, we are that. But as human beings, individual human beings, you know, we don't have that kind of, of power. And, uh, yeah. but, yeah. you know, it seems like there are... There is a bigger power, and perhaps you know deputy, deputies and subdeputies and so on who are all involved in in, in running this thing, and and you know you got tagged, um, and you know some people might speculate that you had done a lot of spiritual work in previous lives or something, and therefore you were you were ready for this, and who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But I suppose the deputies and the subdeputies and the magnificence of of galaxies 
we are all of it. Yeah, yeah. We are all of it. Mind just says we are this body, so therefore there are these other things that can be labelled. But we are all of it. We cannot not be all of it. You know? Right. We are all of it. Somebody posted a question on my blog the other day, and I wrote a little answer. And this is going to shift gears for us here. And I, yeah. I, I want to read it to you. It'll just take a minute and then see what your response is to it. He said, um, although I am impressed with the abilities of the many non-duality teachers and more every day, but where are they coming from, to describe and point to non-duality in all the ways that they do, I have not seen anyone wake up as a result of experiencing their teachings. Have you? And I wrote, I have, and I believe it happens, but I think it only happens when one is ready to awaken. It doesn't help people climbing a mountain to hear a man standing on the mountaintop describe his surroundings. If such a description is offered, it should be to inspire people to continue climbing. Or it may be that some people have reached the summit, but climbing has become such a habit that they think they need to keep doing it. For them, the assurance that this is it can legitimately end the search. But most people are still well down the mountain and they need instructions relevant to where they are. The man at the top may forget his own climb and say there is no climb, only this view from the top. The climbers may believe him and give up the climb, believing they have already reached the summit. They may, may even start advising fellow climbers that they too have arrived. A real teacher recognizes that different people need instructions and practices relevant to their level of experience. Yes. One size does not fit all. Yes. Traditionally, Advaita was intended to provide the final stroke of knowledge to complete the enlightenment of people who had traversed many developmental stages. It was not intended as a general instruction for spiritual seekers. In the hands of beginners and intermediates, it can become a channel for fundamentalist mentality. I also believe, and often mention during these interviews, that there are many stages of awakening. Some of these can be very profound and are easily misinterpreted as final. So, yes. what do you think about all that? Yeah, yeah, I, I go with, I think, pretty much all of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, absolutely. All the styles are out there. Mm -hmm. There, there are non-dual speakers who sit at the top and say, "There's only the view from the top of the mountain, and everything, nothing else is real." And then there's, I don't know. I, I suppose I'm, I suppose Jack's style is like putting a torch to see if I can shine a bit of light at the rock in front of somebody's toe and say, listen, would you just, you know, watch this one coming up or go to the right of it or go to the left of it or climb on top of it or, um, because that's, that's what was done for Jack, you know, that there was always that sense of, okay, if I just know the next step and something was always showing me the next step, no matter yeah. how wacky it was, I always took it and then, and then from there the next step would come and of course I fell on my ass loads of times, of course, I'm sure it still happens, but just so what? That's just life. Um, so, so yes, there is a lot of speaking from the top of the mountain which is completely a waste of time for those who are at the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. There, there has to be a maturity to be able to hear words which come f from that which is beyond, without story. Blech. But uh -huh. if there's words, there's story. But intellectually, I think a person can be, you know, still fairly low on the mountain and, and sort of grok what somebody means when they speak from the top yeah, of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, intuitively, I understand what you're saying. That, you know, yeah. the, no one, yeah. nothing ever happened. Yeah. There's only one of us. Yeah. And, there's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah. But I think what seems to happen too often is that people 
mistake that intellectual insight as yes. the actual experience of being on top yes. of the mountain. And That's then they right. think, I'm done. You know, and all this That's talk right. of progress and all these gurus and all this stuff is a lot of bunk because, yes. you know, I've got this idea. I'm finished. Uh, That's right. But I they think just it's, grabbed a concept. Yeah. yeah, they did. It's just a concept. And, yeah. and they, yeah. this, the word fundamentalist that I used here, I mean, in, in not only in, you know, Neo-Advaita, but in Christianity or, or Islam or whatever, there's a certain kind of mentality that kind of loves to latch on to a concept of an absolute reality uh, and try to make it absolute, but it's really only a concept. And so that ends up, because it's really only a relative perspective, which is all it can be from that level of experience, it ends up clashing with every other relative perspective, yes. you know, yes. and then we, we fight wars over our, our concepts and we, you know, we kill each other, we fly airplanes into buildings and so on. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. Yes, apparently we do. Yeah. I mean, look what happened to you in, in Catholic girls' school. You know, they were feeding you yeah. a load of concepts and presenting them yeah. as absolute and saying yes. this is what you have to believe and, you, and we're training you so you yeah. can get others to believe this. But, yes. you know, what does it matter what anybody believes? It's, you know, of they're course. just concepts. Yes, they're just concepts. They're just concepts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't know. It's like there, there's such a supermarket now of, of advice out there. I, I suppose for listeners, you know, take whatever is useful. Yeah. But, but to be so honest with yourself, is it real or do I want to believe this? Is this actually going to, you know, is this the next step or does this make sense? Now, if you wake up, you, that's fine. That's magic, wonderful, delighted for anybody who wakes up in the park bench. They don't have to do all the madness that Jack did. So, but you can't sit around and wait for that to happen. No. Do you know? <laughs> And it might or might not happen. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen anyway. But in the meantime, gosh, yeah, of course. Let the maturing happen. Yeah. Let the eye finish out what it needs to do. Find out if there's something that still wants to experience something. And have those experiences and go live and go and travel and go and do whatever it is the eye wants to do so that there are no regrets, that experiences are seen through, that desires are seen through. And maturity needs to kick in. Mm -hmm. So that it's seen that none of these things are real enough. The juice is gone from what the phenomenal world can offer. From even what my mind and my concepts can offer, mm -hmm. the juice is gone. So, and that maturity needs, needs to happen. And, and for, for many, that won't happen at all in a meditation hall. For some, you can see a, an immature eye sitting in a meditation hall, and it's like, Jesus, if you went out and lived in the world, you know what? There would be a different energy form sitting here two years later. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's totally, totally individual. Thankfully, there are no two paths the same. Mm -hmm. So really feeling where you're at and not grabbing because the spiritual supermarket is like any supermarket, you know. Give me the color red first regardless of what's in the packet. Mm. You know, it's like, hold on, hold on. What do you need? What makes sense? Where are you stuck? Where is there a contraction? Where is there a tightness? Where, where are you holding on to a belief system? Because the belief system is making you think you're an individual. So, and then there's an eye who hangs on to it. It's like, okay, have a look at self-image. Have a look at these sticky ones. Mm. You know, Have a look at when you defend yourself. Have a look at these things that make you feel that you are an individual. That's the work. Yeah. That's what it is. Speaking of the work, I'm sure you've heard of Byron Katie, right? Yeah. I mean, she's very good yeah. at it. She has a nice little technique for helping to do she that. She has a nice technique. Yeah. She does, she does, yeah. yeah. That helps a lot of people. 
It does. It does, yeah, it yeah. does. Whatever tool it is, you know, and, and this intellectual snobbery that's part of the this advisor, non-dual movement now, it's like, oh, Jesus, you know, no maturity at all in so many people who are just grabbing the intellectual aspect of it. And it's like, what good is that to you, you know, when you're trying to pay a mortgage? I mean, now, now balance it up, balance it up. When you're in the horrors because, you know, because you have physical pain and you're attached to your physical pain and you believe that you are your body. What good is it now, huh? Yeah. So I'll so send you a really link to honest. a very funny cartoon. Uh, it's an animated cartoon. lasts about 10 minutes. But it's, a, it's okay. a, about a conversation with a neo-advitist and someone who just says, hey, look at the beautiful tree. And he goes into this whole thing about there is no tree, there is no beauty, there is yes. no self. <laughs> they go back yeah, and forth. I'll send you the link. It's funny. Yeah. Good, good, good. <laughs> Thank you again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. you had no, not at all. No, not at all. Sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Good. Yeah. So, I don't know. I um, It goes the way it goes, you know. And, uh, you know, is there a path? Is there not a path? There's a path for an eye. And there's no point in dropping a spiritual path until it is totally known and seen and understood that it's useless. Yeah. You know, it, it, you have to mature to the point to see that the, the spiritual search is actually the obstacle. But to grab that, because like for Jack, I never heard that sentence, right. that the search is blocking me. It popped. It was like, Jesus Christ, here I am doing japa. This is the problem. This is the problem. Because there's me and there's some place to get. Holy shit, like, what am I going to do now? You can't do anything. Whatever you do is going to be a block. So, so... In one way, it was a blessing that there was that there was no. Even though I was like, God, will somebody tell me what I'm going through? Somebody tell me what this thing is about, and I could get answers nowhere, because it was pre this internet availability of this information. So now people have that. So so arriving at these points isn't happening. The natural maturing isn't happening. Right, and I would you know, suggest so that, that your japa and various other things you did were not blocks at a certain stage until they oh. were. You know, it's like training, training wheels on a bicycle. At a certain stage, you, you need it. the training wheels, and then at yeah. a certain stage, the training wheels just get in your way. They just get in your way. You got it. You got it. Yeah. And, and may it flow as it does, and enjoy the flow, because it's organic and it's not you anyway. But you think it's you, and even enjoy that it's you while you think it's you, because that too spins out. Yeah. I mean, you know? all things must because pass, as George Harrison yeah. sang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And with whatever is presenting as real, but just it's just presenting as real, you know, so... Be honest about it, you know, and mm-hmm. let it be where it is, you know, and it will pass. It all passes, of course. The whole thing is yeah. goes up in smoke anyway, you know. That's good. I think this point needs to be brought out more because there's so many voices saying, you know, give up the search. There is no search, and all, you know, all paths and techniques. There's a Zen saying, or which is something like, enlightenment is an ac- happens accidentally, but spiritual practices make you accident prone. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. That's a beaut. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. That's a beaut. That says it in one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, this has been a lovely talk. Um, I've really enjoyed I'm so happy that I stumbled across you on YouTube. And uh, <laughs> I'll put this up on my site and help more people stumble across you. And uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's, I'll link to your site. I've already put okay. put a thing up on the site, but I haven't added this, this interview, obviously, because I haven't hadn't done it yet. Sure. But um, 
I will link to your website and people who want to go there to find out more. There are tons of talks that you've given on the site. Um, yeah. I, I have this little tool on in Firefox called Download Them All, and I applied it to your page, and it downloaded over seven gigabytes of audio, just audio. <laughs> God, is that that much up there? Yeah. Jesus, okay. <laughs> and, the, and then there's tons of videos. So yeah. um, people are going to have a feast if they want to listen to you uh, yeah, say these things. Yeah, if it works for them, and if it drives them nuts, yeah. just... There's other people out there, you know, whatever right. works. Just and you travel around, and I'm sure you have some kind of mailing list people can get on if they want to be notified of where you're going to be and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just on my website, really. I don't have a mailing list. Mm -hmm. um, it's just on my website. People check in where they want to check in. But, yeah. but there, a retreat center is being built in Costa Rica, so I'm going to live there. Oh, nice. Will it be yours exclusively or sort of for other teachers no, to have? No, it's just, it's just myself. Yeah, somebody's building it, and I'm... I'm I'm going to live there. <laughs> oh, nice. Huh. Yeah, it's just a small, intimate, whoever wants to come, you mm -hmm. know. That'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, something here is moving away from, from giving isolated satsang events. It just feels like huh. a spiritual opener or something. You know, it's kind of like too much of a supermarket. Oh, who's in town this weekend? And, yeah. Uh, you know, give me, give me somebody who's a mature seeker, who, who you know, who, who's done a lot of work. And, and in some way then... I don't know. I, 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 I'm not drawn to working with a mind that that's uh, suspicious yeah. and and you know just checking out, testing out to see what something is like. It's like, oh, come on, come on, come on. Well, you know, I see you that know? too as a stage in your progress. It's because you, you went through the phase of doing the songs and come one, come all, and now you're entering yeah. a new phase. Which probably yeah, won't be your final phase. It's another phase. I'm sure. <laughs> it's just another phase, yeah. yeah. So it's now it's residentials. It's just all residentials, you know. That's that's where it's moving to now. So and yeah, that will fade too, and that will seem like a bad idea at some point, and then we'll do something else. <laughs> yeah, but each phase serves its purpose. Yeah, it does, of course. Yeah. It keeps moving and changing. Thank heaven. Good. And Costa Rica is yeah. not such a bad place to hang out. I believe so. Yeah, it's kind of uh, got a nice vibe, you know. There's something, yeah. I don't know, something slow, something gentle, mm. and the weather is a hell of a lot nicer than in Ireland. And, yeah, you know. sure. Huh. <laughs> well, thanks, yeah. Jack. So, uh, thanks so much, Rick. Yeah. Thanks for the um, chat. It was fun. Yeah, no, don't hang up on me quite yet. I just want to wrap it up here, yeah. and then we'll, we'll talk for just a second after we wrap it up. Uh, yeah. So this has been... Buddha at the Gas Pump, episode number 41, I believe. And uh, my name again is Rick Archer, and I've been speaking with Jack O'Keefe in Ireland. And uh, not sure who's going to be next week, but we'll see you then. Thank you for listening. <laughs>